Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Selling Greenville, what I like to think of as your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I am your host, as always, Stan McCune, and yes, I am a realtor here in South Carolina. That's why I do this podcast. If you need a realtor or if you just want to chat, all of my contact information is in the show notes, as always. Please reach out to me with any questions, any concerns, any ideas, any leads on people looking to buy or sell houses. I like all of those things. And I also like it when you guys leave a rating or a review, uh, ideally both. That's uh, that's the best case scenario. Um, just takes a second. Just go ahead and hit that five-star button. If you haven't already, leave a quick little review for the show. That would be much appreciated. Today, we're going to be talking about luxury houses. And uh, there is a lot of confusion on luxury houses. And, and of course, in our market here in the the Greenville, great, what we call the greater Greenville area, or the upstate of South Carolina, um, there is some unique aspects to the luxury housing market in this area. And, and again, whenever I talk about real estate on this podcast, it's always through the veneer of Greenville, South Carolina. I say some things on here that probably would be nonsensical to people in, you know, Austin and Los Angeles and New Jersey uh, and, and a whole bunch of other places. This is strictly from a Greenville lens, but this is the way the market is here. And if you're listening to this, you're interested in real estate in Greenville. Uh, I can't really speak to those other markets. Um, but we need to talk about luxury houses because... It's something that uh, there are a lot of misconceptions about. Now, for starters, how are we going to define a luxury house? I, I thought about this uh, in a lot, a lot of different ways. It's kind of tricky to define, but I think the simplest way for us to define it is basically three times a house that costs three times the median house price. And the median house price right now is uh, right around 250000 So... I think we can pretty safely define a luxury house in this market, in the Greenville market, as a house that is at least $750,000. You might find some homes that are uh, cheaper than that, that you consider to be a luxury home. You might find homes that are more expensive than that, that you consider to be a luxury home. In this market, I think that that's a pretty good uh, dividing line in the, in the Greenville area. So... Think about homes that are $750,000 and above. And and we do have homes that are, you know, five, six, seven million dollars. Those are unique homes. Those are not the norm. Um, but we do have homes like that in this market. But there are a, a, a decent bit of homes that are between $750,000 and about $1.5 million. Again, that's not the biggest market here because our median price point is $250,000. Um, but we, we do have a, a decent number of homes that fit that, that loose description, that loose price description. So what happens when you start looking at homes and that price point? A lot of interesting and, and perhaps counterintuitive trends emerge. Um, one of the first things that I think a lot of people don't realize, I think a lot of people think, okay, you know, you're, if you're getting a house that is three times the median house price, 
that has to be just an unbelievable house. That, that's got to be a mansion. And, and of course, those of you who are listening from other markets where like $750,000 is a shack, okay, I get it. You're laughing a little bit right now. But down here, you know, most people can't afford anywhere near a $750,000 house. Um, that at that point, at that price point, that no longer qualifies for a conventional loan down in in this area in South Carolina. So you're having to get a jumbo loan. You're having to bring more down. There, you have to have a lot of cash in the bank. You have to be able to to have quite a bit of income coming in uh, in order to be able to afford that loan much more than than the median income uh, for our area. And so there's a lot of dynamics at play. And what you find is the the homes that you're looking at at that price point, uh, particularly homes that are really in that between, you know, 750,000 and let's just call it 1.25 million, uh, roughly in that little range there, you find that you are paying an extraordinary premium for location and or acreage. Now, now the acreage becomes more into play typically in, at the higher price points. You know, you'll see the homes that are two, three, four million dollars. They, they're typically sitting on like a, a massive estate. Um, but the homes that are in that 750,000 uh, and a little bit above that, you're paying, you're typically paying for a premium for the location. And here's the uh, the thing that is unique about the the location that you're paying for. It's typically based on school districts, um, decent neighborhoods, but but maybe neighborhoods that are still somewhat transitional. For instance, um, I, I can't say that North Maine is a transitional neighborhood. If you're from around here, you obviously know that North Maine, it's not a transitional neighborhood, but there's a lot of homes that are in a complete state of disrepair, which I assume is because people uh, just are sitting on the homes knowing that values are just going to keep going up and they don't feel like doing all the work because you know fixing up an old 3,500 square foot house is going to take a tremendous amount of work. So let's just leave it in a state of disrepair. But you can have a home that is worth you know close to a million dollars next to a home that is unlivable. And we see that in some of these neighborhoods around here. Um, a lot of them, obviously, as I mentioned before, you're paying for the school districts. And of course, the one that everyone that, uh, that has some money, uh, and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but if you have money and you can afford to be in a good neighborhood, in, in an above-average neighborhood, in a three times above-average neighborhood, you're wanting to get in that Augusta Circle Elementary School District. That is the trendy place to be. That is the quote-unquote yuppie school district that, uh, that people want to be in. Um, just make sure that you have, you know, your kids in a Mercedes vehicle, okay? And that's, again, I'm not trying to be derogatory. I'm just trying to be honest with you guys. This is, there are some, there are certain expectations here um, if you're going to be in a school district like that. Um, but the, the interesting thing is that the houses, a lot of the houses in these areas, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the ones that are 750 and 
you know, up to 1.25 or so million, the quality of those homes isn't necessarily, like, in terms of just how nice they are when you walk in, how they feel, it's oftentimes not that much nicer than homes than some homes that are five six hundred thousand dollars. You might have a nine hundred thousand dollar house that isn't that much nicer, or might not be nicer at all than a five hundred thousand dollar house that's just in a different area. You get a a uh, five a house that it, it would be five hundred thousand dollars in Five Forks, and you put that house in the Augusta Road area that's zoned for Augusta Circle Elementary. That house might close to double in value. I mean, that's just the way it is. The land, the location. There's a reason why everyone says location, location, location. It's that's a real thing. You pay for the location. And you need to make sure if you're if you're in that higher price point that you're paying for what you actually are using. If you're if you're benefiting from that location in some way, such as, okay, great, you can put your kids in in probably the best schools in uh, in the area, perfect. You're getting what you pay for. If there's something else that you like about that location, great. But if you're just looking for a nice house, well, there might be cheaper places to find. You might, you might be able to get the same type of house that you would normally be paying eight, $900,000 for and, and get that out in Simpsonville or, or get that out in Piedmont or somewhere like that. That's not that's still not far away from everything, but you're not paying the location premium that you're paying in some of these other areas. Additionally, um, I would just mention that many of the luxury communities, and this is also something a lot of people don't realize um, if they haven't been actively shopping in the luxury market around here, a lot of the luxury communities have either older homes, or uh, maybe not super old homes, but but homes with outdated floor plans, outdated fixtures, homes that need updating to be modernized. And and again, people don't realize this. There will be 1.5 million dollar homes that I would I wouldn't personally buy for 500,000 because of how much updating it needs. It has wallpaper from 30 years ago. That's just way out of date. All these chandeliers that are are just completely out of style now, um, and and so you're you're getting yes a a beautiful home in many respects, but it doesn't have the the modern uh, amenities that we expect for the home itself. The floor plan I mentioned before, a lot of these have very boxy floor plans. They're not open, you know. Obviously, once you get a a large home, you know, if you're if you have a forty five hundred or a five thousand square foot home, it's not as important for the floor plan to be open because, in theory, all the rooms are going to be pretty big anyway. But people still today, even in the nicer homes, they still like to have somewhat of an open feel. Uh, whoever is cooking in the kitchen doesn't want to feel like they're completely cut off from everyone else. And that's really the main thing is that kitchen being open to to the rest of the house. With some of these older uh, luxury homes, you're not going to get that. A lot of them are uh, will be as well older homes that have been updated, but they're still 
old homes. And so there still might be quirks to, okay, there are things, there are ongoing maintenance things that will have to be happening with this home just by virtue of the fact that it's a 70, 80-year-old home. Again, a lot of people don't realize that when they're thinking about the, the luxury market here in the Greenville area, but these are, are some of the quirks. And, and there are exceptions, of course. I'm, this is not the entire luxury market. Obviously, we have uh, areas like Hartness, for instance, which is that uh, unique. We, we've seen this in, in other uh, larger cities, but it's more of that community, uh, tight-knit community style uh way of designing a a subdivision where everyone is kind of oriented around a common area and the houses are all very close together. Um, That's a very modern community, although there are some classic aspects to it as well. Um, They they drew heavily on on very traditional things. Um, But my point is, it's not a one-size-fits-all, is not what I'm saying, but there... If you're looking, if you're heavily monitoring the market, and of course, my job as a realtor, I have to monitor all facets of the market. If I have a client that, you know, calls me up tomorrow and says, hey, I'm looking for, you know, uh, a massive, you know, equestrian estate. I've got up to $3 million to spend. I need to have some knowledge of that. I can't just completely focus on one small part of the market. And so I try to be educated on all parts of the market. Um, And so as I do this, and as I follow the luxury market, these are things that I see over and over again. Um, in many of the modern luxury communities as well, so now we're, we're not talking about the older ones, we're talking about the more modern ones, um, the homes are on very small lots, and, and honestly, that can be true for a lot of these older ones as well, particularly if they're closer to downtown Greenville, they're, they're oftentimes going to be on smaller lots. But in, in some of these modern luxury communities, the lots are extremely small. I, I showed one recently where uh, the house next door, uh, the roofs were like basically touching. I mean, they were like two feet apart. It was as close to being in uh, a townhome without being a, in a townhome uh, that you could be. And, and oftentimes as well, they have extremely restrictive HOAs. And, and of course, there's a reason for that. They, you know, you, you don't want someone to come in there and completely devalue your very expensive home by, you know, parking their uh, ugly car on the street or whatever the case may be. Most of the people that buy into these communities aren't going to have ugly cars and they're not going to, you know, want to park them on the streets. But you know, there might be other restrictions with regard to having trampolines in the backyard or what different things you can do back there or how, uh, how high your fence can be because they don't want it to be super sectioned off. And all sorts of, of different things like this. The, the covenants and restri- restrictions are oftentimes extremely strict and everyone expects for them to be enforced. Um, and so that's something that... Um, can be frustrating to people that have, you know, the money to buy into a nice community like this is, is it's like, well, I want to do what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to have to, you know, uh, completely be to the whim of these other people. Uh, unfortunately in most of these modern communities, yeah, that's exactly what you're going to have to do. You're, you're going to have to be at their whim. And in some of them, they have, might even have, um, septic, 
systems and whatnot that that could prevent you from doing things like putting in an in-ground pool and doing other things like that, basketball court, whatever the case may be. You have to uh, be very careful to make sure that you don't have assumptions that you can do, you know, uh, things that you plan to do at your house that you won't be allowed to do or won't be able to do because of, of the covenants or because of how the community is laid out. Now, if you want something in downtown Greenville, let's say that you're, you know, you've got a, a good budget and you're like, okay, I'm looking for a very nice downtown Greenville home. Single family home, right? Not a condo, nothing like that. Just a just a nice house downtown. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Because unfortunately, um, pretty much I, with some exception, but like the closest homes to downtown Greenville, the closest single family homes have almost all been converted to commercial. Most of them are like uh, law firms now. And, you know, if you want something that's like walking distance to downtown Greenville, that's really, really hard. I, I You know, my wife and I, when we were looking for our first home, we were really close to purchasing a home that was basically in downtown Greenville that was like dirt cheap. This is during the the financial crisis. Um, Like, you know, back when we were still severely impacted by it in 2010, Obama had issued that that first time homebuyer tax credit, um, all of these different things that we were trying to take advantage of. And unfortunately, we couldn't take advantage of it because, you know, I had just, we had both just graduated from college, my wife and I, uh, we didn't have any credit history. We barely had any income. Um, but there was a home that, to this day, I really wish we could have purchased. But it was a fixer-upper. It would have been probably a headache house. Um, and every now and then, I drive by it and think about how cool it would have been. Because I worked downtown at that time. Uh, that was before I was a realtor. How cool it could have been to... I could have literally just walked to work every day. Um, well, that's pretty much non-existent. In fact, that house, I, I looked at it recently. And sure enough, it's now designed commercial only. It's it's used for commercial purposes. Um, now there are some houses that come for sale in areas like the Cleveland Park area or Cleveland Forest neighborhood, um, right there along the Swamp Rabbit uh, near the zoo. Um, there's the East Park Historic District that's relatively close to downtown Greenville. We've referenced North Main. North Main is you know you're not walking from North Main to downtown Greenville, but it's close enough. It's close enough. Um, Hampton Pinckney, that one is uh, is another one if you're if you're looking at Google Maps, one that's that's very close to downtown Greenville. These are all areas that have older homes for the most part. Now, y- you will see some exceptions, um, particularly if you're in like that Cleveland Park area that's or like Alta Vista. That's another one that comes to mind. You'll see some newer homes in some of those. But these are not really walking distance to downtown. I mean, if you're in that, that uh, if you're if you're willing to walk like a mile to a mile and a half, then okay, sure. But like, you're not talking about like uh, some of these cities where you can get a house and like you know you're like two minutes to a bodega, or you know just a few minutes away from you know, uh, walking to a grocery store or from a brewery or something like that. That's not the way Greenville is laid out. If you want true downtown living, you have to 
go the condo route. That is pretty much the only way that you can be in the heart of the action in downtown Greenville is by living in some sort of condos. Um, and I'll mention, I have shown some of these downtown Greenville condos, some of these very, very nice, very expensive ones, so to speak. Um, and a lot of them are not being well built, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people a few years from now are going to come to regret the decision they made purchasing a condo in, in that downtown Greenville area because A, some of them are cutting some serious corners. I'm not going to call out any, any of them, but some of them are definitely cutting corners. Um, and But in addition, of course, there's a lot of these going up. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to, if, if people are looking to sell their condo that they just purchased, three years from now, they're looking to sell, they're probably going to be competing with new construction for close to the same price point as what they're trying to sell for. That's going to be tough because there's a lot of these condos going up all over the place in downtown Greenville. And, and that's only that trend is only going to continue uh, until at some point the market gets tapped out, which I think if there's a market that we have that get that will get tapped out relatively quickly, I think that that's the one that's going to happen first is that that luxury condo, that luxury downtown condo market, because it's such an, a niche market for, for our area here. Um, but that's really the only way that you can live downtown. You're not going to be living downtown in a house. It's just not going to happen. Building um, yourself, so uh, basically hiring a builder to create your own custom home can be an interesting option as a, as a workaround. So we've got all these different quirks with luxury housing. Well, what about just hiring your own builder, going about it, you know, customizing everything your way, just making a nice house from, from the ground up. Um, it, it can be a really great option, but only if you have a lot of time, obviously a lot of money for a, a luxury home uh, that custom built, and oodles and oodles of, of patience, uh, particularly the way things are right now. Uh, now, one of the, the trends that we're seeing is, is regarding like, lots and and the price of acreage people are that own land are really doubling down on the prices uh just upcharging these small lots charging a fortune for acreage it's, it's really starting to get crazy out there i mean i have uh you know every now and then i'll i'll look at the price per acre from just like two or three years ago compared to what things are listed for right now and it is astonishing it's a, and you get something that lists for like you know uh several hundred thousand dollars you know let's say uh 50 acres that list for five hundred thousand dollars out in you know like upper pickens or something like that um kind of out in the boonies but it's ten thousand dollars an acre that'll sell overnight there are so many people looking for that and that'll sell to a cash buyer um and so what people are doing is is they're they're holding on to this land just saying hey if you won't pay up i'm just gonna keep this it doesn't cost me that much to hold on to land at the end of the day i'm just gonna keep it and so the prices of of lots and of land alone is extremely prohibitive right now um and, and not to mention that a lot of the lots that are for sale 
are either unbuildable or difficult to build on, or they're in neighborhoods that wouldn't justify luxury housing anyway. You know, you might be able to buy a, a lot in a transitional part of Greenville, but you're not gonna you're not gonna throw up a nine hundred thousand dollar house there when you're next door to homes that are barely if if they're gonna crack two hundred, they're barely gonna crack two hundred thousand. Um, we all know that that you know the path, everything that's in the path of progress will increase in value, but you just can't overshoot the area that way. Um, in addition to all of that, many of the builders are are so backlog, uh, backlogged, and they're choosy on who they will build for. They're not building for anyone and everyone. Uh, you're interviewing them, and they're interviewing you in the process. They want to make sure that they don't get stuck with a client that is going to be super duper picky. You need to keep that in mind as well. Uh, think of it, if you're interviewing builders, think of it as they're interviewing you as well. And and honestly, some builders won't even talk to you until you have the land in your possession. So you you may actually need to, and in many cases you will, purchase the land that you want to build on before you can even have that that builder conversation. And if you're really wanting to have the the interview with the builders to inspire confidence and kind of get uh, a plan together in place to help you figure out what land you're going to purchase, that can be difficult. That's a hurdle um, that uh, you can probably find some builders that are willing to talk to you before you have the land, but they really want to see that you have the land in your possession. There are some instances where there are, are some there is some land for sale that's being sold by a builder and the builder has plans already for it and they're willing to work out something with you to, to kind of bundle it all together into one purchase, uh, both the land and for them to, to do their, uh, their plan to build on it with you making some modifications. Um, but that's the exception. That's, that's not the rule. There's not a whole lot of those out there. Um, and by the way, all of this takes a lot of time. You're, look, you're finding land, you're, you're designing a home, you're meeting with builders, you're interviewing, et cetera, et cetera. We're talking about potentially multiple years, maybe two, three years before from the time you start the process until the time uh, you finally have that home completed. So again, that's where the patience and the time factors in. And it, it's, it's going to cost some money. It's not cheap right now to build a luxury home. And uh, even if you go into a production-built neighborhood, um, those are tricky right now as well. So there's there are a lot of challenges presented with the with the new construction options. It can be a good option, um, but you need to understand what you're getting into on the front end. That this is even more difficult in a lot of ways than buying a production-built new construction home on the I don't want to say lower end, but in that more median price point area, that 250 to 350 price point area. In some ways, that's easier because some of these luxury home builders um, are, are are making this increasingly difficult in in many many ways. And so, there's a lot to consider as you're as you're looking for a luxury home. If you're looking to move into this area from out of state, and I I get these calls all the time. People that that have some some good money, because uh, you know they m- might be moving from 
one state where they sold their house for $1.5 million, made quite a bit of money. They have a good salary. They're coming down here and they can, they can purchase, you know, just about whatever they want outside of those, you know, homes that are like $2 million plus. Um, and then they start looking and they realize, oh, this market, like there's not a whole lot out there. And uh, that can be really surprising. Part of that is is the low supply that we're having, but a lot of that is just the way the luxury market is here in Greenville. It's very unique. It doesn't compare to a lot of other cities. Um, I imagine that will continue to change and continue to morph. Um, but for now, that's the situation that we find ourselves in. That is it for today's podcast episode. I appreciate you guys listening. If you have any questions, my contact information is in the show notes. As always, uh, please leave me a rating or a review, hopefully both for this show. And until next time, I hope you guys stay safe.